0: Bismillahir rahim in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, most gracious, most merciful, alhamdulillah, all praise is indeed due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Was-salatu salamu ala abdillahi wa rasulihi Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Complete blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his entire household, all his companions. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless every single one of them and may he bless every single one of us. May Allah bless the Ummah of Islam, and may Allah bless this beautiful country and nation of Malaysia as well. Ameen. My brothers and sisters, we need to understand why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us. What was the purpose? Why is it that I come to this world, and 70 years down the line, if I'm still alive, I'm preparing to die? Why is it that people come to this world, and they die at an early age sometimes? Why is it that some are given age up to perhaps a hundred and slightly beyond? Why is it that we haven't seen anyone in our lives live to 150 years? Why is it that Allah has chosen for us to be fit at an age where perhaps we are peaking on around 30, 40 and after that there is a decline? Why is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not keep us upon a level of fitness a level of perhaps looks where we are looking young and healthy throughout our lives why does it have to be a graph that starts off in weakness and ends in weakness as allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says allahul ladhi min da'fin thumma min ba'di da'fin it is Allah who has created you in weakness when you were initially born, when you came to this world, you were very weak. You were young, you depended on other human beings. Allah made you and gave you parents for a purpose. If he wanted, he could have created you in a way that you were already independent. You did not need anyone, but you needed someone to look after you from a very early age. And when you are in your peak, he wants you to look after the very people who looked after you when you were a little baby. And once again, when you grow older, he says, We will, we grant people the peak and after the peak of strength, they become weak again and they develop gray hair. So when you are old, those whom you have now given birth to are asked to look after you. Subhanallah. And it continues up to the end. It's the plan. There surely is a master plan in that. And if we sit for a moment and ponder, we will realize that it's the continuity. That means it's a test. You will never ever perhaps agree with everything your parents do. Even if they are non-Muslim. Even if they are involved in something unacceptable. It does not stop you from being kind or decent or good to them. Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِن عَلَىٰ أَن تُشْرِكَ لَيْسَ لَكَ بِهِ عِلْمٌ فَلَا تُطِعْهُمَا If your parents are asking you or struggling working against you in a way that they want you to associate partners with Allah or to sin and transgress against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do not obey their command that happens to be against the command of Allah but continue living in goodness and kindness with them In this world which means even if you have non-muslim parents you need to be kind to them you need to speak with respect you need to try and serve them in the sense that you might want to spend money on their clothing on their food on their accommodation it's not wrong even if they're non-muslim what is wrong is when they tell you to do something against the instruction of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is where you draw the line This is the same rule that applies when it comes to culture that we have over the generations. Culture is something really good. When we say this person is cultured, do you know what we mean? We mean they have character and conduct and mannerisms that make them different from a person who just grows like wild grass. So they happen to be decent people, but where the culture conflicts with the religion, what comes first? The answer is quite simple. That is the only time when you said you know what the culture is actually wrong here at this point because it's making life difficult and it's making it hard to be a a person who pleases allah subhanahu wa ta'ala therefore this is the line but to just pass a blanket ruling to say you know whatever our forefathers have done is all by the way we don't need it that is wrong you will adopt whatever they have taught on condition that it does not contradict what Allah has asked that's what it is it's simple take a look at the culture and the tradition that was there at the time of Rasulullah sallallahu in the pre-Islamic era you find some of what they engaged in was so good such as hilf al-fudul there was a a treaty or the covenant that they had pledged in order to support the oppressed the Prophet peace be upon him says wallahi in the period of ignorance I was called to a certain covenant if I was called to something similar again now as Islam has progressed I will still go back and respond to that type of a call which means it was something good so it's a test life is a test we come into it and we are given a uniform What type of a uniform? I've always said this, those who might be following, you would notice I've always said this because for me it's a very, very powerful example. You are the soul that is within the body. That's called you. So this body is not me, the soul is me. When the soul was given the body, the body is like a uniform. You're only given that body for a few years. After that, the soul departs and leaves the body. The body is buried. So I'm given a uniform as I come into my examination room. And for the first 15 years, 14 years, 12 years, up to the age of puberty, maturity, I'm just watching, I just see, I listen, I take, I watch. And then I need to start asking questions. Why am I doing this? Why do I do this? Why do we worship? the cross for example those who might be worshipping the cross why do I have to worship a grave for example why do I need to believe that this tree needs to be bowed to and so on I have to start asking questions because Allah has given me a brain and a mind of my own and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks us to worship him alone who is he he is the maker whoever made you you owe worship to him and Allah says be careful don't drown don't drown in this earth it is like a huge ocean you know we are like ships that need to move through the ocean without allowing the water to get in besides a certain amount that you need to drink and benefit from but if you allow too much of the water to get in to the ship the ship will sink So the dunya or this world is similar to the water and you and I are similar to ships on the water. If you allow too much of that water to get in, you forget your aim, your purpose. You begin to sink. You won't get to your destination, but if you just allow the right amount, perhaps for drinking, perhaps for other purposes, for washing and so on to get into the ship, you would be able to arrive at your destination and have benefited from the water without the water you won't be able to move so Allah created you and I on this earth we did not choose to come onto this earth some of us might have said that you know what if I was given the choice I would want to have been perhaps born on Pluto or perhaps on Mars you know when you tell little children would you like to have been born on Mars they think you're offering them chocolate Astaghfirullah anyway so this is not what it is I have had no choice. Allah made me here. What type of life he has kept on the other planets and elsewhere? He knows. I don't even know. I only have very little knowledge. He says, And you have not been given knowledge except very, very little, very little. So this is the knowledge I have. Allah created me and, and I am on this earth to serve a purpose. What is the purpose? I need to understand whoever made me is the only one whom I will put my head on the ground for. No one else. I say, Subhana Rabbi Al A'la, glory be to the one who made me. Rabbun means creator, nourisher, cherisher, sustainer, provider, protector, curer, the one who's in absolute control of every aspect of my existence. That's the meaning or part of the meaning of the term Rabbun. So I'm saying, Glory be to my Rabb. Who is the highest, al-a'la, who is the highest? When do I say that? When I'm in sujood. And the hadith says, The closest that a worshipper can be to his Rabb is when he is in the prostration of sajda, or, sorry, in the position of prostration or sajda. It's the closest you can be to Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala, take your time in sujood. Take your time in sujood. It's the closest posture closest position you can ever get to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so i must worship him alone i need to understand nothing is worthy of worship besides him so as time passes alhamdulillah we get to maturity and mashallah we are muslimin we are seated here we worship allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but you know what happens things do not go according to our plan every one of us without a single exception would have faced things in their lives that did not go according to the way they wanted it to go. There is no exception. It's a challenge. Nobody can say everything in my life happened exactly per my plan. Never. Not one person. It goes to show you're weak, oh man. You can plan. Allah has a bigger plan. Allah has a better plan. Allah knows what's good for you. He knows what's bad for you. Sometimes he plans for something you think is very, very bad for you. But if you go back to the manuscript in order to know how to look at it, it will be the most positive thing that ever happened in your life. Subhanallah. I give you an example. Subhanallah. A person really and desperately at work is looking for a promotion desperately I want a promotion I want to get promoted they're not promoted in fact they are fired fired for some reason or retrenched or as they say the person now has is redundant completely we don't want you anymore and you start crying you're shocked you have a few ways of dealing with the news you wanted an increment you wanted a promotion you needed the money you had to look after your family and so on you were planning to buy a car or a house you were planning perhaps to get married or to assist a family member in getting married and what happened not only did you not get the promotion but your boss called you and told you Do you know what you have one month of notice and after that we don't need you anymore and you are just like what One way is to become depressed, to become sad, to go back home, to sleep and never wanting to get up again. It's one way of dealing with it. And you are so sad, you cry every day, morning, evening and night. And you don't want to talk to anyone, you don't feel like eating and you get sick. Is that a believer? Is that what Allah taught you? When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one, he's the planner, you tried and Allah is the one who over. Rules your trials and your plans, he knows what's better. And to read, wallahu yurid, wallahu yafalu ma yurid. You want, Allah wants, and Allah is the one who does what He wants. Subhanallah. So now you're upset, and what happens? As a result, everything came to a standstill. Your life is at a standstill. You're, you're, if you're married, your marriage is about to break because you can no longer afford to look after your family members you begin to feel inferior because perhaps your wife might be earning more than you, you begin to become so sick that you suffer insomnia, you cannot sleep at night and so on. One way of dealing with it, or if you're a true believer, you say alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, and you look at the verse where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Indeed, we will test every one of you.